0: Welcome back to Leatherhead's footy. My name's Morgan, and on this episode, Sydney Swans 2023 preview, a team that I'm really excited about, had a great year last year, and looking through their list, they're showing no signs of slowing down. They've only got a few older players, even though those are some very, very good players. They've got heaps of youth coming through, heaps of high draft picks, particularly due to their academy, where they get access to basically the best talent in Sydney, and their academy has served them really, really well. They've just got a fantastic system for developing young players. Jong Longmai is really good at giving guys games early, and you see that come to fruition now. They had a one, maybe one or two years towards the bottom of the ladder, but now they just play such a strong system. And I'll get to the way that they play a little bit later on, but... Fantastic performance last year, grand finalists, even though it didn't go their way. I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about the Swans in 2023. Before I go any further, if you just want to listen to the audio of these videos and you don't have YouTube Premium, I'm putting the audio for all of the videos on Spotify at Leatherheads Footy. And if you want to look through any of the slideshows at a later date without going back to the video, I'm putting the slideshows on Instagram at Leatherheads Footy as well. But let's get stuck in. So in 2022, they finished third with a record of 16 and 6 and a percentage of 127. That put them right up there with the top teams just behind Geelong. Geelong were a little bit ahead of the pack, but then there was a group of teams around that 125 percentage, 16-6, and six, maybe 15-7 and seven win-loss. Um, as a result, they played the qualifying final against Melbourne away at the MCG. They beat Melbourne, and I think that was probably their best performance of the year. Melbourne weren't at their best at that time, but they were such a complete performance and were challenged really really challenged in that game and came through i thought that was a real coming-of-age game for them even though it didn't eventuate in a premiership i think they'll take a lot out of that particular game premium uh prelim final against collingwood one of the games of the year they shot out to a lead and you thought okay this is going to be pretty one-sided but then collingwood as they did all year came right back and sydney ended up winning by a solitary point um Courtesy of a great Justin McInerney intercept and run into goal. I think that was probably the deciding moment at the end of that game. And then the grand final, as we know, beaten by Geelong by 70 points and never really looked in it. first 10 minutes, I guess, was a little bit of an arm wrestle, but as soon as Geelong kicked those first two goals from Tom Hawkins, it was game over, essentially. They've got a pretty even contribution, but a few stars and probably a few stars that fly under the radar a little bit, given they are in Sydney and not in Melbourne. Um, and they had four of them make the All-Australian squad. Isaac Heaney, Callum Mills, Tom Papley, and Chad Warner. Chad Warner is probably the emerging one out of that group, and it would have been, at the start of the year, very surprising that he would make the All-Australian team, but he had a fantastic year. Uh, very, very damaging midfielder. Him, along with Noah Anderson, were two midfielders that took heaps of ground, and they won very damaging clearances, deep inside 50 entries, lots of inside 50s for the amount of disposals that Warner in particular gets and lots of score involvements, which is obviously what you want from a midfielder or any player is being involved in scores or stopping scores for defense. I digress. Isaac Heaney's been a star of the competition for a really long time and I think still quite underrated. Callum Mills, he is, I guess, typifies their academy and what they want out of them sydney have always played a really tough defensive brand they love tacklers and mills is an elite tackler in the competition works so hard into defense sometimes he'll play a really accountable role like he played on tuke miller earlier in the year stopping him but he's still able to win his own ball tackles hard and works into space beautifully to relieve pressure on the defenders and link up through marks in the middle of the ground which is how sydney love to attack his Kicking through the middle of the ground. They're not afraid. Their ball movement is their strength. They're strong defensively, but they just cut teams up with their attacking ball movement. And I think they're going to be a really high scoring team in 2023 again. And Tom Papley is part of that forward line that generates or finishes all of those scores. Just a complete live wire. I'll get to their best 22 and, and break down in each individual player a little bit later. They're under 22 so, squad uh, players that were selected. I think this shows how well positioned they are as a list. So Nick Blakey, Tom McCartan, Chad Warner, James Rowbottom, Oscar uh, McInerney, it's not Oscar. Oscar's the Brisbane one, Justin McInerney and Errol Goulden all selected in the 22 under 22 squad. And that shows for a team that made the grand final, it shows how much good young talent they've got coming through. And these are guys that played important roles. They weren't guys that maybe snuck in for 10 games, just qualified and made the team. They were guys that were some of their best players. In particular, Tom McCartan, Blakey with his rebound. So they've got guys that are good now, but are going to be even better in the future. Their only nomination in the Rising Star was Logan McDonald, who was nominated in round 12. I think he's in for a big year, but I'll get to him a little bit in depth later. And in the Brownlow, Callum Mills finished 7th on 21 votes, and... Buddy Franklin continues to be a fantastic player in the competition, finished eighth in the Coleman with 50 goals, and he didn't play all of the games. Uh, Not really much to look at as far as list changes coming into 2023. As I mentioned, very young roster, so they just delisted a couple of fringe guys that weren't getting opportunities. This is pretty standard. Uh, Like Every team will have you know, six list changes at the end of each year, five or six. Most of them will be delisting fringe guys that either haven't been given opportunity or have been given an opportunity and haven't seized it just to make room for the next crop of draftees. That's basically what happened here. The only one of note, I guess, is Josh Kennedy, who's like a a champion of the Sydney club. Um, really tough in an under player. And I guess Callum Mills is kind of come in and, and supported his role, uh, along with Luke Parker, is still going pretty strong. And Callum Sinclair, who retired, he had lots of injury issues and was, was never really a standout Ruckman. He was sort of the one Ruckman left at Sydney when all of the others left or were injured. And then a bunch of delistings that I don't think I really know whether they never really played much football. They brought in Aaron Francis in a pretty small trade with Essendon, a three-way trade. He's a top 10 pick from 2014 or 2015, key position guy from South Australia originally, and they're hoping to just settle him down back as an intercepting defender, hopefully do a little bit like they did with Paddy McCartan. New club, reinvigorated, and give him an opportunity to settle behind the footy and use his aerial ability to intercept the footy, um, and hopefully he's able to do that. Haven't seen him in the preseason yet, so not quite sure how it fit into the team. And they hit the draft. Their first pick came in at pick 20 because they finished the season so well and, and so high up the ladder. Drafted Jacob Constanti. He's a Vic Country guy. Played in the Gippsland Power. A really smart, skillful, small forward. Um, quite light-framed but a really hard tackler. That That's one highlight of his game is he tackles really hard and he just has great defensive mindset and defensive intensity with the way he hunts the opposition, but very creative, always seems to be in the right position. One of those small forwards that you don't really know how they're doing it, but they always seem to be where the footy is and, and just getting uh, scoring opportunities. And Cooper Vickery is a teammate of Constanti. Haven't seen much of him, to be honest. He just looks like a pretty solid left foot Uh, rebounding slash mid-sized defender looks like a pretty decent kick and a composed decision maker and then caleb mitchell is pretty much the same player to my eye as cooper vickery just a little bit taller um a little bit more powerful and longer kicking Maybe not quite as composed and classy, but they're obviously targeting rebounding defenders potentially slash rebounding slash mid defenders potentially as a long-term replacement or even shorter term replacement for Dane Rampey, who's getting towards the end of his career and then three rookie draft selections that I haven't seen anything of, to be honest. Moving into their best 22, this best 22, this is the third one I've done so far. I found this the easiest to pick and it is really, really solid or it's just good players there's only good players in this best 22 and i think they've almost they've nailed their depth if if that's the way you want to look at it in that there's no one outside this best 22 that really is knocking on the door to come in they've got a few guys that are good for depth if there are injuries but i think this is definitely their best 22 if these or best 23 including the sub if these 22 players stay fit all year i think they will play every game this year starting from the back pocket i've got braden campbell coming into his third year was a pick 5 in 2020 he was another academy selection as i mentioned they do really well out of the academy came in as a really powerful explosive midfielder he's a beautiful like elite left foot kick powerful attacks the footy really hard tackles really hard and is very clean He hasn't got an opportunity in the midfield yet, but I think longer term he'll be a really, really good midfielder. But similar to Callum Mills, they're settling him in the back line, just getting games into him, and he's locking down on the best small forward from the opposition. So he's going to be learning a lot, but he's got the physicality and the defensive or they're developing his defensive game, but he's got the defensive attributes. If he can apply that mindset to be a really good lockdown defender. And then he's starting, I saw in the preseason to offer a bit more offensive drive out of defense, Tom McCartan and Paddy McCartan locked down the key pillars in the back line, Tom McCartan, one of the better young key defenders in the competition a little bit more of a spoiling defender than an interceptor, and Paddy McCartan is more the interceptor. So Tom McCartan locks down the best key forward. Paddy McCartan would go to the second best key forward. Uh, Tom's a little bit taller, although Paddy is a little bit more solid and looks like he can... Outwork an opponent, but Tom is more your lockdown guy and Paddy floating across for those intercepts. Dan Rampy, uh, Dane Rampy can play on the smalls and the talls. He's played undersized for most of his career, but he's just a really reliable stalwart of the club now, uh, although getting on 32 at the moment. Nick Blakey, he's really taken over as the main distributor out of the back line away from Jake Lloyd a couple of years ago sydney were playing very conservatively out of the back line and we saw that with the numbers that jake lloyd was racking up lots of chipping across the back line just controlling the footy probably trying to protect their younger rebuilding team but now that they're looking to attack they're moving the ball really really quickly and blake is a perfect guy for that he's really quick He's actually quite strong defensively, because he's tall, he's very competitive, but when he gets the footy, he just takes off. He's got long strides, he can get up to speed pretty quickly, cover 10, 15 metres quickly, and he's a really good penetrating kick, and he can get the ball up to half forward, uh, deep wing at least, and hit targets pretty regularly. He's he's a really good kick. A bit of a surprise, he was drafted as a key forward, and he's turned into a rebounding defender, which just, yeah, shows the versatility of him as a player. And then Jake Lloyd, who I touched on, he, he's a real general back there. Along with Dane Rampey, but you see him, he's always right at the back, setting up the defense, screaming orders to teammates, and he's still a very, very reliable player. He really mops up across halfback. Any loose balls, he's in the right position to clean them up, get a handball out, find a mark, or conversely, if a teammate gets to that loose ball, he's always in a really good opportun- uh, really good spot to take that mark and take the pressure off. They can all take a breath. Although they don't take a breath for long, they normally go pretty quick, slingshot out the other side of the ground or find a target the middle the midfield looks really solid they've got two really really strong runners and good kicks and Justin McInerney and Dylan Stevens on the wing McInerney's a little bit more established now fantastic athlete good sidestep too. can sneak forward and kick a goal but works really hard in defense I think that's a priority for Sydney and Dylan Stevens I think he's starting to lock down his spot in the team after A little bit of an up-and-down form. Um, He was a very high pick from the 2019 draft and just took a little bit longer than perhaps was expected after a strong first year, but now I think he's really starting to look comfortable at the level and look damaging. He kicked a goal in the final against um, Melbourne, I think, or the Magpies, and yeah, when you start to see that, like a a youngish winger getting forward, kicking a goal, taking on the goals as he did with that particular opportunity, I think that's a really good sign. You've got Tom Hickey in the ruck. Um, I think we're right on the cusp of a transition from Hickey to Laddams, but I think Laddams offers a little bit more forward and just a little bit more versatility with them both in the team. Um, So I've got Hickey starting in the ruck, provided he's fit. He's not quite fit yet, so maybe Laddams starts the year, but Hickey's just a really good competitor, probably surprised most people with how well he went after his move over from West Coast but a guy that gives his all, uh, can float forward and kick a goal too, which is a little bit surprising, Um, can take an intercept mark, but more than anything just competes really hard and pretty good at winning clearances for Ruckman as well. And then the on-ball trio, main trio I've got is Luke Parker. Been around for years and years, just super consistent player, has been forever. He was a main player in Sydney's flag in 2012, and 10 years later he's still contributing as one of their best midfielders. Callum Mills. I've touched on him already. J- uh, super, super player. Don't really need to talk any more about him. And Chad Warner as well. Very, very damaging midfielder who's probably only scratching the surface of what he can become as uh, sort of a Christian Petrarca type, breaking out the front of stoppage, kicking goals. Uh, real meters gained guy. Into the forward line. This forward line is stacked. Yeah, yeah I think this would be giving defenders nightmares. Key posts, I've got Sam Reid and Lance Franklin. Franklin... Obviously, getting old, he's 36 now, he's like, he's a marvel, the way he's still competing and kicking 50 goals a year, and Reid, I, I think he's a really good player and very important for Sydney, because he he's probably the one guy that can take a contested mark, but he's never really been a contested marking guy, but Reid can, when he gets a good run and jump at the footy, he can take a big mark and kick a good long goal, and also offers that uh, chop-out option in the ruck. I think Franklin with him getting on a little bit Reed, being fit is very, very important, but we've also got the emergence of Logan McDonald who plays as the third tall in this forward line, very, very fit player. And he's looks like he's working really hard up and down the ground, pushing all the way back to take marks in defense. And he was very impressive in the preseason game against Carlton took 10 marks, just had a fantastic game. looks like he's taken a massive step this preseason and he, he's always been a player of, of really great promise and the heir apparent to buddy Franklin. Then we've got Tom Papley in the forward pocket, already spoken about him, pure energy, frenetic player, just makes things happen, but super classy, great set shot at goal and like elite speed. He would be a nightmare to play on, looks really strong as well, but quick and agile. Golden. Another one with elite endurance, he's so clean and a beautiful kick, really, really composed decision-maker and probably one of the better kicks inside 50 in the competition. So they like him really pushing up the ground. He played lots of midfield minutes in the preseason, but I think with Mills coming back into that full-time mid-rotation, Gordon will probably get a little bit of time in there, but I I just think they, they don't really have another obvious option to play that half forward role, which he plays so well, even pushing up to the wing, whereas they've got other pretty solid midfield options uh, that I'll get to soon coming off the bench. Isaac Heaney, already touched on him as well. Elite player, Uh, really, really strong overhead, can take a pack mark. Can, uh, he's really good on the lead, pushing off his opponent, finding space, is really clean at ground level, can push into the midfield, strong, quick, agile, really great finisher as well. He's the perfect um, sort of hybrid uh, mid-sized forward. And moving on to the interchange, this is what I mean by these guys. are The team, 22 almost picks itself, we've got Oli Florent coming onto the half back flank, He's a guy that I probably slept on a little bit and probably a lot of people have first round pick back in 2016. They've just given him games, over a hundred games now. And he's sort of that mobile running half back flanker, can play on the wing as well. I think he's a good option there with his versatility. But he's playing off halfback at the moment. And he's a guy that it looks like they trust him to take on that kick into the middle. And that's something that a couple of Swan's um, supporters highlighted is his kicking is elite. And he looks like the guy that they're they're saying take the game on with his run. And then yeah, he's been given the license to bite off that really tough kick. But the kick that led almost certainly leads to an inside 50 and a shot at goal if he hits it. Row bottom, a tough inside mid. Um, really good tackler and first possession player. Doesn't really have much of an outside game at the moment and his kicking maybe, well, just uh, the penetration in his game isn't quite there like the metres gained, but he's a really strong contested footy winner, um, clearance player and tackler. I think that just suits Sydney, especially with Parker getting towards the end of his career and Josh Kennedy moving on. Peter Laddams I've touched on already. um, Air apparent Hickey. I think he'll be the main route probably by the end of this year, if not uh, this year, then next year. He, he's agile, he's one of those ungainly sort of players that plays like a guy that's smaller than he is, but his, his stats were pretty much equal to Hickey, so I think with age on his side, he'll get many opportunities, but I just like the versatility of him moving into the forward line um, just offers a little bit of chaos, but yeah, he, he kicked a great goal when he was playing at Port Adelaide. Just showed, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of of X factor about Laddams and Will Haywood I've got as the final forward line rotation. Laddams can go in there as well, but Haywood can come on for like a Heaney or like Haywood Haywood could come on for a Goulden and Goulden can go into the midfield, that sort of thing to give a midfielder a rest if there's not enough mid rotations on the bench. And then for the sub, this is one I'm a little bit interested in. I put Ryan Clark there, who's predominantly playing as a tagger now for the Swans. I just think it's an interesting option. There's no one else that really seems obvious, maybe Robbie Fox. But I like the idea of having a tagger as your sub because it could get to halftime in a a close game. One opposition mid or uh, he's typically actually gone to halfback flankers. But you can start a game without having a tagger. And then if a halfback really catches fire. You pick a player that's underperforming, maybe take off an extra tall, depending on conditions and a fresh tagger comes into the game to lock down on their most damaging player. I think that, yeah, I think it's probably the only thing worse than being tagged to start a game is starting a game well. And then a brand new fresh man comes off the bench and starts tagging you when you've already played a half a footy. So yeah, I'm not sure if Longmore will think the same way, but I just thought it was something interesting to consider. My predictions for the Swans are I can't see them dropping off. I know there's lots of stats about teams that get badly beaten in finals and in particular grand finals, but I think sometimes that can be the case of a team, you know, grinding, working so hard, they finally make the grand final and then they lose it by heaps and they think, oh no, like we've missed our one opportunity with the Swans. I think it's a different situation because they, the year before last, almost got their too early, surprised heaps of people, made finals with a very young team and lost in the first um, elimination final. Then this year, they've improved again and they've probably exceeded expectations a little bit again to make the grand final. So with them, I don't think it's a case of, oh no, we've missed our chance. It's a case of, gee, like we can do this. They've shown they can make the grand final. And I think with a young team, their mindset will be, okay, we've We've proved that we can get that far. Now let's just take that next step. And they've they've now had the experience, which is very very rare, of playing in a grand final with such a young squad and having the potential to play in a couple more in the future. I've got them finishing second to sixth on the ladder. I don't think. I think um, Melbourne or Geelong will probably finish first. I think Melbourne will finish first. But second to sixth, very strong chance to finish in the top four. Um, But I don't think it matters if they don't. I think they're a strong enough team to win at least a couple of finals. So I think they'll make the prelims and then potentially make the grand final. But there's a few very strong teams up that end. But I think um, Sydney are definitely one one of the four teams that should be aiming for the prelims. And that's where I've got them finishing. For the All-Australian squad, I've got the guys that made it last year in Mills, Heaney, Warner, and Papley, and I've thrown in a couple of new names in Errol Golden and Nick Blakey. I think Blakey, he made the under-22 team last year, but he, I think, can take his game to another level, and especially if Sydney have another really good year, he can move up in the... I don't know, the minds of the selectors and potentially make the squad, if if not the team. And Goulden, I think he'll he's going to be a, a really really damaging player. He's he's been fantastic from the moment he started in the AFL and had incredible numbers as a junior. Some of the highest numbers that Champion Data have ever recorded from a junior were from Errol Goulden. So I think yeah, playing half half forward flank, um, a little bit of wing, I think he he could have a really big year and pushes himself into the All Australian squad. And remarkably, is still eligible for the under-22 squad as well, and will be for um, next year as well. So, could potentially make it for three years in a row. I think he made it last year and the year before. Um, Chad Warner, also still eligible. I think he's a really good chance for that. Dylan Stevens, as I mentioned, is coming on quite well. Logan McDonald, I think he's in for a really big year. And Braden Campbell... um, might struggle a little bit being a lockdown defender, but I'm starting to see good signs with him um, starting to use that really good left foot kick of his. For the rising, rising star, I think the favourite for the Swans will be Jacob Kistanti, their first um, draft pick this year. He looks like a really classy player and a guy that will be able to compete and play well at AFL level. If he comes in, kicks a couple of goals, he might get a nomination. I can't see anyone from Sydney winning because all of their eligible players are fringe and will be struggling to get a game. Uh, For the brown, I think Callum Mills, again, is their best chance. Parker just doesn't seem to get the um, recognition that he deserves in there. But Mills, I think, will play a lot of midfield. Gets pushed around a little bit. But I think with the wings getting stronger, with Stevens locking down one wing, I think Mills will play pretty much full-time midfield, maybe pushing back as a spare in defense if they can't find anyone else to play that role. And for the Coleman, I think Isaac Haney kicks the most goals for the Swans this year. I don't think he'll win the Coleman, but I think he'll be their leading goal kicker. With Franklin, maybe getting on a little bit more. Sam Reid's never been a big goal kicker, and Heaney was only five goals behind Franklin this year, and started the year playing a little bit more midfield time. So, Sydney improving a little bit more. Heaney's just such a hard matchup, and probably a guy that most teams don't really have a defender that can lock down on, whereas Franklin will get the best key defender from the opposition. All that being said, I'm really excited to watch Sydney play this year. They're one of my favourite teams, and they've got a couple of my favourite players, especially Errol. I I just love Errol. I think he's he's amazing. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. If you like this, like and subscribe on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Spotify, and I'll see you next time.